What community sounds like. Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer, and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? And of course, what is in your glass? I'm doing all right. I realized as I was driving home uh, to do the podcast that we didn't have any beer in the house. Uh oh. Um, so I ran down to the uh, grocery, and uh, thankfully they were open. It didn't look like they were still open because the parking lot was almost empty. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to get something from the gas station um, next door. But uh, they were open, and uh, I was able to pick up uh, something from Oddside Ales, uh, their pineapple dank juice. Ooh, nice. So IPA with pineapple added. Okay. And uh, it tastes like pineapple. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Is there any IPA in there too? Um, a little, a little. Okay. Um, but it also, I'm I'm curious to have another, you know, later because I just walked back with it from the grocery. It was a little shooken up, and uh, when I poured it in the glass, it just foamed up immediately because it, oh, yeah. you know, warmed up and me walking with it, uh, <laughs> six pack. So, um, yeah, but. Uh, no, this is pretty nice so far. Um, I think it's my second beer from Oddside, so enjoying it. So Oddside is the one from Michigan? Yes, from Grand Haven, Yeah, which has been uh, mentioned by our, our buddies over at Fluxipost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to try their beers. I hear some good things from them, and when I get to Michigan one day, I will go to Oddside Brewing and try their beers for sure. Sounds yeah, I, I almost picked up some zombie dust just to rub it in. Um, <laughs> Everyone else but, is. Uh, you might as well. It's not a day to get something <laughs> new. So. Oh, yeah. Our buddy Kyle from Ohio, uh, he picked up some zombie dust and drank it and said, mmm. That's all he said is, mmm. <laughs> yeah, just to rub it in. It's okay. It's okay. How about you? How are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing well. I've been drinking all day because that's what kind of day it is. It's, uh, it's a good day to drink. Got some you know, different beers and, and enjoyed them. But you know what? I decided to step away from beer and go to a cider. And I'm drinking the uh, local cidery here in the uh, Boise area. It's from Merriweather Cider Company. And it's my favorite. I, I think one of my favorite. I, I have a couple favorites from them, but this is one this is my go-to beer that they have year-round. It's their Apricot Sage Cider. And I love this cider because it's got just enough apricot in there that lets you know that there's apricot in there still letting the you know the cider apples you know come through with a little bit of sage to kind of you know take care of the sweetness right that little sage spiciness yeah, brings a little savory note yeah to it. yeah it's so good i love that i got a 22 ounce bottle i'll be drinking um during the show and uh yeah that's what i'm drinking something different i went i went different i've been i've been uh you know drinking some some normal staple beers on the show, and I decided to go for the cider. But uh, who knows? Uh, on our, you know, we're going to be recording two two episodes tonight. Little 
little foreshadowing of the uh, of the next couple of weeks. And uh, for our next show, I'll be drinking something different. But it's a staple of my uh, my beer love, I think. So, yeah, stay tuned. Okay, John. Hey, let's get on with this show because, like I said, we have two shows to record tonight. And uh, because of that, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But before we get into the meat of the content of the show, let's go ahead and explain what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help all of our great listeners along in their craft beer journey. We want to teach you, educate you about craft beer styles and stuff. And that's what we're going to do tonight. You're listening to episode 105, and we are recording on Sunday, July 29th, 2018. And in this episode, we will be discussing the difference between the English bitter and the English IPA styles. Uh, we had a fantastic email from a listener over in the UK. Uh, he has some great things to say about the show and also asked a question. So we're going to go ahead and answer that question. That'll be a great segment to talk about some English style ales. So that's what we'll be talking today. Of course, you can count on John and I having some great beer conversation along the way. And starting off that conversation, John, why don't we get into an update on Trek Brewing? Last we left, we were waiting on a valve. So how are we doing now? All right. So in terms of that valve, uh, we've ordered some new merch. Um, <laughs> so we, we've uh, needed to restock um, on some of our other T-shirts and everything. So we're doing that, adding in a couple new things and uh, getting... Our hat's updated and actually working on a new hat. Ooh. Um, so stay tuned on that. Okay. Uh, might take a little while to get through, you know, getting the art right and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But, uh, yeah, sometime this fall, hopefully we'll have something something new um, hidden. Okay. Um, something that happened a while back, but I don't know that I talked about it. Maybe I did. Uh, but we, we did some patching in the parking lot. Um, we had some potholes up by the road. Um that needed filled in. And we also had a trench that we had to run to fix the parking lot lights, mm. um, which had just been a little dirt trench and, you know, it was making a big mess and, uh, kind of a pain and an eyesore, but we finally <laughs> got that all, uh, filled in and everything. So the parking lot's real nice and smooth now. Okay. Um, I didn't notice. Which is good. I didn't. Well, it was, it was done before the, uh, meetup. Oh, okay. like I said, it, this happened a little while ago, but, uh, you need like some I content. I never talked about <laughs> our parking lot and how awesome it is. Okay. Um, so let's see. Valve, valve, um, glycol. Mm. We, uh, I think I mentioned we were having a little, little bit of an issue with our glycol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that has been rectified okay. and we actually turned on the glycol chiller and it chilled everything down real fast and it was working, working great. So, um, that is awesome. Okay. So good. one one less thing we have to worry about. Uh, valve. We don't need to talk about that, right? Okay. We move on. Yeah. Now nah, we'll talk about the valve. <laughs> it arrived. Oh, good. Eight um, weeks later. So the valve arrived on Thursday, um, the Thursday before we recorded this, and uh, it was put in line on Friday, and uh, tomorrow, as we record this. Uh, it's going to be hooked up to the electrical. So it's a motorized valve, uh, which is why we need electric to it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, once that's in, we should be okay to start working through 
firing everything up and troubleshooting everything. So oh, uh, things are moving along. Yeah, hopefully it's things all are moving perfect. Along. Yeah, it's going to just boil. It's going to steam up perfect, and your kettle's going to get hot. You're going to boil water. You're going to make beer. And yeah, we're going to be in business. Oh, we are? are I you? hope so. <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm living vicariously through your efforts. Oh, oh, I thought you were cutting a check or something. All right, never mind. I'm not excited anymore. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so th- th- that's, you know, pushing us towards having beer, like in a real quantity. Yes. Um, but uh, in other news, we have beer Whoa. In, in small quantities. Oh. Um, so we finally got uh, some of our beer back on this weekend. I uh, got the cream mill back on. Okay. Um, Got a, a couple more beers uh, on the way for next weekend and just going to keep rolling. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we went through two kegs of the cream ale. Let's <laughs> put it on. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a good cream ale. I, li- I like your cream ale myself. I was hoping it was going to be on uh, along with the coffee variation when we were there. Is, you, is this a regular cream ale or did you put some coffee in it too? This is just regular. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I went through went through a couple of kegs real fast. I was like, "Oh, come on, don't make me run out again!" Like, <laughs> I just put everything back on. <laughs> but uh, the the last keg is holding strong. So, um, yeah, that I think that's it for this week. Uh, you know what? Hey, that's a pos- We're moving positive. We're going in positive strides to getting that thing up and running. It's very exciting. Hopefully, on our next episode, we'll have some more news. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. So, um, John, did you have any beer-related af- activities besides the brewery stuff, or are you just uh, work in the brewery? No, I'm a one-trick pony. Okay. Yeah, me neither. I didn't really have any, like, major events or anything going on, but I did want to talk about a couple things. The first thing I want to talk about, in the last episode, I mentioned that Sarah brought home a Southern Tier Thick Mint 22-ounce bottle of, of that Imperial Stout. And she wanted to make beer floats with it. So we went ahead and got some ice cream and we tried it out. And I should have spoke up and and asked Sarah, to, hey, maybe we should try a couple different varieties of ice cream to see how it plays out with this stout. Because I know from experience of especially doing beer, beer floats with, uh, you know, stouts that – some of the bitterness that you don't really per- you don't really can you know perceive it in the stout at the time you're drinking it when you add ice cream to it especially like vanilla ice cream it really becomes like super bitter you know brings out that bitterness and uh, I didn't you know I didn't to warn her to, about the ice cream she she got some vanilla and luckily I said hey let's just make some small little one scoop little mini floats with this and see how it turns out and guess what John. It didn't turn out. Oh, oh, it's going to go the other way. No, no. Vanilla ice cream and the thick mint chocolate stout, imperial stout, does not go well. That mint, along with the bitterness of the, of the you know, of the hops are, that are in the beer, um, really come out strong. And it's I, I actually ate mine, but it wasn't pleasure, pleasurable. And Sarah so probably need like a bubblegum ice cream, right? Maybe bubblegum. Like yeah, bubblegum. Yeah. Or uh, my thought is I think chocolate ice cream would give you – That's a better idea. Yeah, Yeah, don't listen to me. I think chocolate would have worked much better. But we didn't have chocolate. So um, I ate my little float and Sarah's float, and then we drank the rest of beer in a nice snifter glass 
to enjoy it for what it what it is. So I want to give a PSA out there to everyone everyone out there that can get Thick Mint, Southern Tears Thick Mint Imperial Stout. That if you want to make a a float with it, don't use vanilla ice cream. I would say try chocolate ice cream. I think it will go much better with that flavor. Um, yeah, so so give it a shot. Uh, so that was my little uh, PSA announcement. I also have one more thing that I just need to mention before we carry on with the show. If you noticed, we did have a little bit of a late delivery of our show last episode. We still delivered on Thursday, but um, it was late Thursday. And that's because that last that week be- that we were trying to put the show out, the website was down. And uh, it took us a while to figure out what was going on, and we finally got it back up just in time to release the show. But um, it turns out that we might have to start limiting our feed, our podcast feed, to only the last 50 episodes. That means you won't be able to get all 104 episodes uh, available to you. And if that happens... Uh, I recommend that as soon as possible, you guys, if you want to listen to old episodes that you haven't listened to yet, as soon as you hear this, go and just download those episodes while the feed is still live to be able to get all epi- you know, all of them from episode one, which is like the best episode ever, up to uh, <laughs> episode 53 or 54. Um, make sure you get all those that you want to listen to before the feed goes to just last 50. Now, we are looking at going to another website hosting service that Hopefully, we'll be able to handle the traffic. Um, but I can't help it that we have so many listeners that are downloading the show that we're crashing our site. Um, I guess that's good news, but bad news for the rest of the podcast that can't handle it. So that's it. Any questions, John? No, I lived them. I'm you not, not going to go okay. download them again. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But I just want to give that little uh, info out to everyone. All right, John, let's get into our Noteworthy Beers. Uh, did you have anything that you tried besides your awesome cream ale that you want to mention to to our listeners? Oh, I can't use that one? No, no. Remove the, the cream ale. Okay. Well, then I guess I'll just talk about the uh, Anderson Valley Frambois Rosé Goza, mm. uh, which I believe you've mentioned I did. on the show. Yeah, and uh, we had on tap. Actually, I guess we still have it on tap. We have a little bit left. Uh, it's been really popular. Um, but, yeah, it's a really refreshing Um Nice little tart goza with great raspberry character. Um, our bartender actually described it as a raspberry sweet tart. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think is pretty accurate. No, it is. Uh, it is. But I also love the color of this beer. Yeah. Uh, it might be one like the prettiest thing that we've poured <laughs> at the brewery. It has nice like ruby hints to it. Yeah, um, yeah it's like a crystal, it looks great. Yeah, it's like a crystal ruby coloring. It's really beautiful. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been enjoying uh, stealing some sips of that uh, <laughs> over over the course of it being available. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if you get a chance to pick this one up, and you know you like raspberry or gozes <laughs> or both, you know, it's a good way to go. Yeah, it's it's super good. Um, as we mentioned before, pretty much all the gozes that come out of Anderson Valley are just top notch. I mean, I love them all. And they never, they never disappoint me. And uh, you can't go wrong with this one either, John. Hey, get down to Trek Brewing, and go, you know, get some before he finishes off that keg for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how about you? What do you have? Oh God, I've had a lot of uh, beer. 
Um, some good, some not so good. Let me talk about the good ones today. And the good ones that I'm going to mention, again, I've, I've talked about Revision Brewing over and over again out of Reno, Nevada. I love their hazy IPAs. Guess what? They release another new one, a one I haven't had before, a brand new one. It's called the Mystic Topaz New England IPA. This one has a fantastic citrusy mango, like a tropical citrus with mango character, the hop character, flavors, aroma, everything. Really, really nice. Uh, but what's different about this New England IPA is that this one really finishes pretty dry. And a lot of times you'll get that, uh, you'll, you'll get these New England IPAs that they, they aren't, I wouldn't say they're sweet, but they, you know, they don't finish as, dry as as you would expect uh, IPA they're a little bit you know a little bit they 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 feel like they're sweeter than they really are but this one actually finishes off really dry it's actually like a, a nice dry finish uh which I appreciate I gave this one a four and a half cap rating uh, on untapped so this is a, a really good New England IPA so if you can get revision try it so I mean does it really fit into that style though with that finish i mean it's kind of goes against what a lot of that style so is I mean, I, without tasting and like yeah having it in my own hand I can't, I can't really say i'm just curious what your thoughts are on so that. my thoughts on on what you just said is at first i when i drink a new england style ipa from what i expect to be from the northeastern you know states uh with the uh, you know vermont and whatever where the where this was born I do expect it to have, you know, a more of a sweeter, uh, you know, not so bitter or dry finish. But lately, I've been seeing a lot more breweries on the West Coast that are experimenting with this style, and and I'm getting more of that drier finish, a little bit more bitter finish than I would expect out of this out of a New England IPA. And I appreciate it for what it is. It's like Robert said in our last show. So many of these New England style IPAs taste exactly the same that sometimes you need to have a little bit of a different character to it to make it stand up apart from the, the one you just had from the previous month or a different brewery. And that's what I think this one does. It, it tastes really good. It has those tropical, uh, you know, it comes across really tropical, fruity, sweet up front, but it finishes off really kind of dry and I like it. I really do appreciate that they do a little bit different with this one. It's not like every other one I get from them. So you're right. It does it necessarily follow the style perfectly? No, but it's okay. You can you can deviate from the style guidelines, which are just now being released. Right? We just talked about them a couple of shows ago. You can deviate a little bit and still get a good beer, and I can still label that the style and and feel confident that I can say, yeah, this is a New England style IPA. Does it? have a lactose sweetness to it that that is good in those two no it doesn't but it still is a is a good beer does that answer your question i suppose yeah you suppose i'll, I'll let it i'll let it, you go. Let it slide okay hey all, all that matters is that this is a good beer go try it if you can get it in your area <laughs> the next one is guess what another new england ipa i have been all over these beers now this beer i when I bought it, it didn't say anything about being a hazy IPA, a juicy IPA, or even a New England IPA style. It just said that it's called, it's from Roadhouse Brewing, which is a newer brewery coming out of Jackson, 
Wyoming, just outside of the or the Idaho border. And it's Roadhouse. I've talked about Roadhouse before. It's the Wilson West Coast IPA. I'm calling it a New England IPA because I didn't know this was a New England IPA until I poured it into the glass. And when it poured out, it was hazy, you know, Orange Julius hazy. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a, a pleasant surprise. When I saw West Coast IPA, I assumed it was going to be a standard piney citrus bitter IPA. And when I poured it out hazy, I had expectations that this was going to be a, a New England style IPA. And guess what? It was. And it was fantastic. I was pleasantly surprised. And another great, great beer from this brewery. And it was, it, it, it wasn't, uh, it followed the guidelines that you'd have. It was tropical uh, flavors and aromas of the hops in this. It was hazy, juicy, and it, did, uh, it didn't finish off like super dry. It finished off, um, you know, like a normal New England IPA uh, type would have. And it was really good. I gave this one a four and a half cap rating also. I, again, four and a half is fantastic. Um I've been really enjoying all the Roadhouse beers that I've had. I had some more that I, I don't list on the on my new and noteworthy, but so far every beer I've had from them has been uh, top notch. So if you can get Roadhouse, go get them. They're good. And the last beer I'm going to talk about tonight is a regional or not regional, a nationwide distributed company. It's from New Belgium, and they did uh, this. This beer is called Bicycle Kick Kolsch. And this is actually a collaboration with four other breweries uh, from around the world to celebrate the World Cup that just finished uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, this, uh, you know, we've been talking about the Kolsch style. It's making a comeback. And this is a really solid Kolsch. Um, I gave it a four cap rating. Not the best Kolsch that I've had, but still very solid, very enjoyable, easy to drink, nice multi-character to it. I really enjoyed it. So if you can still find this bicycle kick Kolsch out in your stores, go grab a can or a six pack. And I think you're really going to enjoy what you see. Have you, have you seen this one, John? Uh, no, but I also went shopping for beer for the first time about <laughs> 40 minutes ago. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's probably, I, I went back today and did some beer shopping and it was gone when I went to, I was going to go pick up some more of it and it was gone by the time I, I went back. So it, it was only around for, oh, excuse me, for a very limited time. And it is most likely not available in your stores right now because the World Cup is over. So the beer is over too. Okay. We're moving right along. We're going to make this show pretty fast paced. Uh, we're going to get into some feedback. Now, really, the feedback, again, this week, we had a lot of feedback on Twitter. We had an email that we'll go into uh, more detail uh, in our Brew Buzz segment. But uh, we had a lot of, you know, small things, but I didn't want to, you know, do a whole segment on it. So I'm, I'm just going to do the Twitter poll that we had. And so the Twitter poll was, what is your favorite style of IPA? And this, was, again, was brought to us by our buddy David Makazuki. Uh, Yo Jimbo 2000 on Twitter, and we had 24 votes on this Twitter poll, and that's, that's again we're, we're, we've been hitting 24 votes like pretty consistently 
Twitter poll after Twitter poll. So I guess that's the max amount of people that actually pay attention to us on Twitter. As, yeah. mo- as many emails I've opened up to make accounts. So. <laughs> okay, that's probably uh, <laughs> that, that might be true too. That might be true. Well, let's go ahead and find out what kind of IPAs people like. So let's start with the vo- the votes that had the least amount of votes, and that was the quad IPA, the quadruple IPA, and we had zero votes for that. And it, it makes sense. Do we, do we know what that is? I've never seen one. I don't know. There's been literally like three quadruple IPAs out there. I think I might have had one, uh, uh, you know, like a half a year ago. I think I had one that was called a quad IPA. It's, and is it really just a triple with some marketing thrown in there? I think it is. I think you're right. So you know what? I'll have to research that. Uh, next month, I'll get back to you guys and we'll talk about whether the quad IPA is real or if it's just fake beer style. It could be fake. It could be fake. All right, John, what do you think the uh, the, the second to last uh, vote was? Pale ale? Triple. <laughs> the triple. <laughs> You're right, John. The triple IPA, believe it or not, one vote. One person voted that as their favorite IPA style. And personally, I can understand. I, I think that... The triple can be good, but I think the triple is just like is too much for a lot of people. You know, it's extra hoppy, extra bitter. The a lot of times it comes across super boozy. And well, I think a lot of times it kind of flirts with being a barley wine. And it, and it as flirts well. with being a barley wine. Yeah, exactly. An English bar or a, a American or, barley wine, or just is a barley wine that they put IPA on the label so it'll sell. That's true. So that's true. I agree with you there. So again, one person, one of twenty-four. Thought that was a uh, their the favorite type of IPA. All right, let's get into the third. I mean, the second, the second best, most votes was the single IPA. The regular old IPA got nine votes. Nine of the twenty-four was for the single IPA, and my vote went for the double, and that's what and double imperial combination there. Uh, Fourteen votes, while dominated dominated the voting for the double IPA being the best option for the IPA. What do you think about that, John? I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just looking at this and thinking, so what if we would run this without the quad in there, mm-hmm. but you put in like hazy? Oh. You know, how would this shake out? Because, I mean, it, it the hazy will will split, you know, some of the single and double votes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hot right now, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> and, right. And uh, I'm, I'm curious how it would end up you know, shaken out, but okay. yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, the devil's Imperials, I mean, people like getting bang for their buck as well. So you throw in a little more alcohol, a little more hops, you know, a little more everything and you know, they'll go for it. So. No, I agree. And that's how I looked at it too. I think, I mean, I appreciate the IPA. Um, and I, but I, if I were to pick between an IPA and a double or a triple, it's definitely the double will usually win my vote. Like when I go to order up at the bar, but you brought yeah, up I'll, a very good point with the hazy. Yeah, a lot of times, the, the you know standard IPAs are actually double IPAs these days. True, you know, it's almost all double IPAs, just depending on how they label it. <laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> just due to this style creep that's happened over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, what we'll do is in a few months, we'll bring out this 
pull again. Um, this time, I might change it up a little bit. Put single, double, hazy single, double hazy. So we'll have four choices and see which is the winner of the uh, the IPA based on single or double, hazy or double hazy. And we'll, we'll see. see if hazy's still a thing in six yeah. months. Yeah, six months it might oh. be dead. <laughs> might be dead. So that that's that will be a poll. Keep, stay tuned, people. Stay tuned for the future poll. Where we, yeah, I mean, it, it has lasted longer than I think a lot of people thought it would. But, you know, like like Robert mentioned in our last show, I mean, I wonder if it's starting to uh, fade, kind of hit the wall here yeah. with people, like getting a little fatigue for folks. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think that for I mean I'm I would think that I'm hitting the wall but I'm not. I mean every time I see a hazy I bought two or three today and I'm and I drank two of the three you know in the first day I got them because I just wanted to see you know how good they are. Uh it I mean So uh is is it part of that and also because because that's so hot right now that's what a lot of the new beers are when you're looking to try something new like that kind of dominates your choices. Like, I'm not sure I haven't been like, like I said, I, my beer budget has been slashed to basically nothing. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not out there as much as I used to be to kind of see what's available. I'm just, I'm just curious, like what, you know, the options are in terms of if you're looking for something new Mm -hmm. right now, does that kind of dominate your options or not? The, um, I, I wouldn't say dominate. I'll say there's a good amount of the hazy stuff out there that's coming new, but I still, I mean, I'm still seeing a lot of new, you know, pale ales and IPAs. Like I just had a, I had the Georgetown or the, uh, yeah, the Georgetown. They had their home, home, Homer, I don't know, home run, home something. It was the uh, Pearl Jam home, Homer series. Uh, beer. It was a pale, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, it wasn't hazy. It was a mandarin orange, so it must have been using some really good hops that give out that mandarin orange aroma. But it, w- when I drank it, it had a slight hint of the mandarin orange, uh, citrus juicy flavor in in the beer. But it really was a really good pale ale at the base. Right, you still didn't you didn't lose it with a whole lot of orange flavor and hops. Um, it was really good. And again, that wasn't a hazy option. It was just a, you know, a variation of their, uh, of their pale ale. And I, I really liked it. And so I'm getting a lot of regular IPAs and a lot of uh, like, for example, well, it's a bad example because it was actually a, so I didn't pick this up because it hasn't been released yet. They had it in the back, but they didn't have it on the shelves. I guess Rogue, Rogue Brewing Brewery is releasing a sour IPA that's a hazy, a hazy sour IPA, and um, I would have picked up a, a bottle of it if it was out on the shelf. But he hadn't released it yet, and um, but again, we talked about the sour IPA. I am not a big fan of sour IPA, but if you introduce a sour IPA with some of the hazy characteristics to it, I might appreciate it a little bit more. Okay, John. Hey, we got another poll on the air right now. And uh, let's talk about this one. This will be running through Sunday, August 5th. 
Um, and the Twitter poll goes like this. It says, are, or, you are out of town and the local convenience store only has the following. And I list some options. What do you choose? So the first option is Bud Coors or Miller. Kind of like the generic, like, you know, one, two, three of the generic domestic lagers that you can get uh, available everywhere. Hard cider, hard lemonade or tea, or do you just stick with water? So there's your four choices. Let's see how this pool, you know, pans out. If you don't have craft beer to choose from and you really want to have something to drink and, uh, you know, what are you going to pick up? I'll be curious to see how this comes out. This is you know, a little bit different pool. Again, David Makazuki helped. He had a, a similar question that he, or, uh, yeah, question or poll that he put out. I kind of changed up a little bit. He put Zima in there. I don't think Zima is actually available anymore. It was out for a short time, but I never even saw Zima in my area. So it's, you know, I, I didn't want to put that. He put wine coolers. Hey, John, is wine coolers still a thing? Can you buy wine coolers now? Uh, I wonder if that's kind of been supplanted by some of the hard sodas yeah. and hard seltzers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I kind right. of went with the hard lemonade tea and, and, uh, and, and hard cider because I, I think that it's hard to find wine coolers now. Yeah. But that's another, like, I don't, think i've ever shopped for one of those so i have no idea (laughs) if it's there or not so all right well there you go so that's our poll you have until sunday august 5th to get your answers in and we'll talk about it not the next show but the show following Uh, and why is that because i am going to be leaving uh, out of the country for two weeks on the day this show's released and there's no way for me to uh, record while i'm you know, halfway across the world. So we're going to record two shows tonight, get you guys your content like normal, and then we'll pick back up at the end of August for a brand new show with some updates on my Israeli uh, beer drinking adventures and uh, a new poll. All right. Well, if you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft.gmail.com or on Twitter at tap the craft and of course feel free to follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash tap the craft and don't forget we do have a voicemail number you can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-oddly 53-oddly if you want to uh, reach us easily to leave your feedback leave your questions leave your beer journey craft beer journey story whatever you want to do go ahead and uh, call We'll get you on a show like Robert did in the last episode. And I just want to take this time to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you will find some other great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we discuss the difference between the English bitter and the English IPA styles. And this was brought to us, the segment idea just for the topic was brought to us by a listener, by Jason. 
He's one of our listeners from the UK. He wrote in and asked a question, and I thought, man, that is a fantastic question. Oh, nice, nice open there, that beer, John. Thank you. Yeah. And so I just, I thought, you know what? I'm always looking for new ideas for topics, and I thought this is a good one because there is some confusion on exactly what a bitter is compared to an IPA, and because when people hear bitter, they assume that an English bitter is an IPA, and it's not necessarily true. So let's go ahead and find out what the English bitter style is all about, and we'll compare it, and we're going to compare it to the same English IPA, you know, because... English beers are English beers, a little bit different than the American style. I thought, let's just go ahead and compare the English bitter styles to the English IPA so you get a kind of a, a you know, bit better comparison for the styles. So let's go ahead and break down the English bitter style. Now, according to our BJCP uh, categories for the 2000, I don't know, what is it, 15? 2015 style guidelines, um, they 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 put the English bitter into the British beer category, which consists of three subcategories, which is ordinary bitter, best bitter, and strong bitter. So, I know that you can go out there and you can find different, you know, subcategories of the English or the British bitter or the English bitter. You know, they'll add some extra stuff in there, but because we want to keep this kind of in line with what we normally do with the BJCP, the beer judging competition program is that right john i always mess that up Did I get that your right? judge certification certification god i always mess up the c but because that we but you get the bj so i get the bj yeah the bj is yeah for sure for sure so we're going to stick with that and um let me just go ahead what i'll do is i'll just kind of talk about what this british bitter category is all about and then we'll go in to some overall impressions uh, and we'll kind of get the overall impressions of each of the styles uh, and we'll talk about the flavors, and we'll talk about um, basically some style comparisons between these styles and the other styles, and then we'll get in with the vital statistics and some examples of the beers that you guys can try. So, uh, and again, all these are going to be British beers. So let's get started. I'll, I'll start off with uh, just talking about the British bitter category. So the family of British bitters grew out of the English pale ales, as a drop product, I mean, a draft. So these beers were uh, were served, you know, out of a cask, and, and they had a beer engine. You know, we've talked about cask beers before. These are usually at a lower carbonation and a little bit warmer, and you know they're they're pumped out of this this cask, uh, and it came about in the late 1800s. Now, traditionally served very fresh under no pressure. Again, they're gravity or hand pumped only, and they're at cellar temperatures, which is also, they call these beers real L in England. These are real L's. Uh, several of uh, several regional variations of bitter exist, ranging from darker, sweeter versions served with nearly no head to brighter, hoppier, paler versions with a large foam, you know, foam head and uh, everything in between. So there can be a lot of variation with this style depending on the region or the brewery that's brewing it and how it's being served. Throughout England, again, most of this, most of these beers you'll find in in England. You, you can find some styles here, like McLeod Brewing, in uh, that that Robert was talking about in our last last episode down in the Southern California. They start, you know, they wanted to open a cask 
ale, real ale brewery. So they still produce a lot of these styles in the U.S. that are very similar to the way that they're, you know, um, done in, in, in Britain. All right, now let's go ahead and discuss a few of the characteristics of the English bitter and adding in the English IPA. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over the overall impressions of the beer. So, John, why don't you go ahead and start off and, uh, you know, hit us off with our ordinary bitter uh, impressions. All right, so the ordinary bitter. Uh, it's the lowest gravity member of the British beer, fa uh, British bitter family, uh, typically known to consumers simply as bitter. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, low gravity, which means it uh, has low alcohol levels, and uh, low carbonation make this an easy drinking uh, session beer. The uh, malt profile can vary in flavor and intensity, but should never override the overall bitter impression. And the uh, drinkability, and uh, nice buzzword. <laughs> um, <laughs> we see a lot over here now uh, is a critical component of the style. Yeah. Easy drinking, right? This is a beer that you want to be able to drink and not get fatigued while you're drinking it. And okay, I'll go with the next one here. The next one is the best bitter. So the best bitter is basically just a little bit stronger version of the ordinary bitter. It's going to have a more evident malt flavor than the ordinary and it's going to be a bit, little bit stronger. And it's still going to be a session strength ale, though. It's not going to be so strong that it's going to be, you know, non-sessionable. You're still going to be able to drink a bunch of these during a session. And we talked about that during our session beer um, show, which was, I don't even remember. I, I guess I should have looked that up when we talked about session beers. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's also going to be a flavorful yet refreshing session beer. Some examples can be more malt balanced but should not override the overall bitter impression so yeah it'll be well balanced but you're still going to have a little bit more bitter than you would a typical you know english uh mild i guess would be the, the other styles and again like john said with the regular ordinary this is going to be this the beer style is going to be drinkability it's a critical component of the style it's got to be very very drinkable all right john now Let's step it up into the strong bitter category, subcategory. Yeah, so the strong bitter, uh, it is a unique beer. It has a very strong, complex malt profile not found in other examples. Uh, and in the U.S. it is known as ESB, the extra special bitter. Uh, an average strength to moderately strong British bitter, bitter ale. Man, that'll <laughs> tie tongue. you up. Yeah. Um, the balance may be fairly even between the malt and hops to somewhat bitter. So now we're seeing that progression where you just kind of add in more and more of the mm -hmm. malt character as you go. Um, but uh, still drinkable. Drinkability is a critical component yeah. of this style as well. Yeah. It's all about yeah. being able to drink. Yeah. They, this is what a lot of people would refer to also in the U.S. as like an English pale. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, strong bitter ESB, English pale ale. Yeah. And they kind of all, all kind of mean the same thing here in the States. All right, now let's bring in the English IPA style. And this is, uh, so basically the attributes of the English, of the IPA were very important to the, you know, to the, uh, I was trying to think of, I'm going to say origination. That's not even a word, is it? To the origins of the IPA in that this, they needed to have a beer, a pale ale basically, that they could transport from England to India and still have, you know, stay fresh, not spoil, 
and and have a good pale ale that they can drink in India over that long haul. So they they call this the India Pale Ale because they had to add more of that hop character uh, to to you know to add like a preservative to keep it fresh. Well, I don't want to say fresh, but keep it from you know I don't know maybe mask and preserve the beer so that it is actually drinkable when it gets over there. So the idea of the English IPA is that it's a very dry. That, you know they don't have as much sugars in there, and uh, it's got a you know a bitter fl- uh, flavor in it and heavily hopped. So the English IPA is going to have more hops, and it's going to be a, a lot drier than the regular pales or bitter. So they say that they say it's a hoppy, moderately strong, well attenuated pale British ale with a dry finish and a hoppy aroma and flavor. So there's a lot of extra stuff coming out in this. IPA that we're missing out of the bitter. You're going to have a lot of that hoppy aroma and flavor coming out in here. Uh, the classic British ingredients provide the best flavor profile. So again, English IPA using English ingredients are going to give you a lot of the characteristics that you expect to see. And we'll talk about the flavor profiles of that here in the next segment here or next uh, section. So John, now we're going to go into the flavor. Now I, I didn't go into our normal, I didn't want to drag this topic on forever because we are talking about four basically different beers. I thought the important thing is to get the overall impressions, the flavor, and then the comparisons to other beers. Those were the things because a lot of the flavor and the aroma are the same. A lot of the the coloring characteristics are very similar, just slighter, different coloring. As you get more stronger, you can get a little bit darker character to it. Okay, we understand that, but let's talk about the flavor differences so, John, why don't you start off with the uh, the ordinary and the best because they're very much similar uh, in in the flavor characteristics. Yeah, so the or- ordinary and best bitters uh, they'll have medium to moderately high bitterness uh, with a moderate to low hop flavor, uh, typically with an earthy, resiny, fruity, or floral character, and uh, that's what you'll see with a lot of the English uh, yeah. hops. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they don't have the big citrus or tropical or anything like that. That's something that came around with hops starting to be grown in, in the U S so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but the, uh, they'll have low to medium maltiness with a dry finish uh, that, that key to that drinkability, um, a dry finish. The uh, malt profile is typically bready, biscuity, or lightly toasty with low to moderate caramel or toffee flavors are optional. Mm. Uh, balance is often the, often decidedly bitter, although the bitterness should not completely overpower the malt flavor, esters, and hop flavor. Yeah, yeah. All right. So again, you you start to get some of those characters of a, you know, of the malty. It's going to be a maltier beer with some bitterness and hop character in there. But yeah, that's pretty good. So let's go into strong. So the strong again, it's medium to medium high bitterness, and it, it's supporting the malt flavors. So that you're, you know, again, you're not going to be too unbalanced with this, but it's going to be a little bit, you know, more, uh, you know, medium bitterness to it than than the regular mild or ordinary or, or uh, best. The malt profile again, typically bready, biscuity, nutty, or even light toasty, and optionally has a moderate low to moderate caramel or toffee flavor to it. Uh, the hop flavor is moderate to moderately high, typically with a floral, earthy, resiny, and or fruity character. Again, similar characteristics of all the 
the hop, the English hop beers. Let's see, the hop bitterness and flavor should be noticeable, but should not totally dominate the malt flavor. So again, you're going to have that hot bitterness and flavor, but you're still going to get that maltiness out of that beer. And it should be a medium dry to dry finish. All right, now here's the critical component, John. How does our English IPA uh, flavor come out here? All right, so with the English IPA, the hop flavor is medium to high with a moderate to assertive hop bitterness. Uh, the hot flavor should be similar to the aroma, so you got floral, spicy, peppery, citrus, orange, and or slightly grassy. Mm. Um, the malt flavor should be medium low to medium and be somewhat bready, optionally with light to medium light, biscuit-like, toasty, toffee-like, and or caramely <laughs> aspects. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, so basically everything that has been in every single beer. <laughs> but, um, but more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the finish is medium dry to very dry, and the bitterness may linger into the aftertaste, but should not be harsh. Uh, the balance is toward the hops, but the malt should still uh, be noticeable in support. Yeah. So again, it's just, you know, the hops take a little bit more center focus in this, but you still are going to have notes of the, the maltiness in there, which is unlike... The American IPA, right, John? Because the American IPA is mainly, and the malts are pretty subdued with all the hop bitterness and hop flavor we get with our IPAs. You don't really notice a lot of the, the malts in the American IPA. But the British IPA, you still can get a little bit of a hint of that stuff in there. Yeah, it just kind of keeps up in the ante. Yeah. Okay, now let's go ahead and, and, and talk about the style comparisons of each of these beers. Now, these comparisons can be to one another. But they can also be to other styles of beer because you're kind of comparing the style with something else and then kind of comparing and contrasting to, to get its own style characteristics. So I'll start off with the, you know, John, I'm going to do the ordinary and the best. You can do the strong and the IPA. So I'll do the ordinary first. Um, there's going to be some modern variants that are brewed exclusively with pale malt and are known as golden ales, summer ales, or golden bitters. So the ordinary can be named as, you know, very similar to those styles. The emphasis is on the bittering hop addition as opposed to the aggressive middle and late hopping seen in American ale. So again, all the hopping is bittering is going to be done here, not necessarily in, you know, in late like we do for flavor and aroma uh, with the ordinary. So the best is going to add more alcohol than the ordinary bitter and often using higher quality ingredients. Again, it's the best, right? So you're going to up those ingredients to give you the best experience or not. I don't know. That's what they're trying to, uh, to say. Yeah, is. And that's what they're insinuating. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> insinuating that, but I don't know if it's true. But, hey, if it's called the best, it's got to be the best. Uh, there's going to be less alcohol than a strong bitter, but more caramel or base malt character and color than a British gold nail. So take that gold nail, that British gold nail, and just amp up a little bit more of uh, of that malt character and of course a little bit more bitterness to it that gives you the best all right john let's go for the strong all right so more evident malt and hop flavors than a special or best bitter um <clears throat> as well as more alcohol uh stronger versions may overlap somewhat with british strong ales although strong bitters will tend to be paler and more bitter uh, more malt flavor uh, particularly caramel uh, and esters than an American pale ale with different finishing hop character. So that, that's where you can see that, 
you know, comparison to a pale ale yeah. and why the strong bitters is kind of referred to as an English pale ale yeah. here as well. Yeah. Uh, but then in the IPA, uh, generally we'll have more finished hops and less fruitiness and or caramel than British pale ales and bitters. Uh, has less hop intensity and a more pronounced malt flavor than typical American versions. Yeah. Just because these styles have the name bitter in them, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're super bitter beers, right? I mean, when you see bitter in it, you're expecting to have like an American IPA, like a traditional West Coast IPA bitterness, piney bitterness thing. No, it's not that. These are you know, more bitter than the traditional golden ales, British golden ales and such. They're going to have a little bit more bitter character than that, but they're not going to be overly bitter. They're going to have a little bit more bitterness than normal, but they're still going to have a lot of malt character. So these are, again, very easy to drink, sessionable beers that you can just pound them one after another, goes down really nice and has good flavor. So that's kind of the, the main difference between the IPA. All right, some vital statistics. Um, IBUs, international bittering units. So I'm going to start with the ordinary, uh, and I'll go down to the IPA. Uh, ordinary is between 25 and 35 IBUs. The best is 25 to 40, so very close. There's just like five IBUs different between the, the ordinary and the best. They're very similar to one another. The strong amps it up a little bit more, 30 to 50, and the English IPA is 40 to 60, so the, there's definitely a noticeable bitterness in the English IPA compared to the other uh, English bitters. It, you know, it's a little bit, definitely higher there. So, John, how do the alcohol by volumes differ between the different styles? Yeah, so the ABV uh, for the bitters just kind of steps up. So the ordinary is 3.2 to 3.8, and then the best picks up at 3.8 goes to four six and the strong bitters is four six to six two <laughs> and then the uh, IPA has a bit bit wider range going from five to seven and a half wow yeah that's I mean that surprised me because when I think of English IPAs I don't think of them as being like seven and a half and, you know I, I I usually figure them to be about five to five and a half uh, compared to what the American IPAs are which are usually on the higher end of the scale. And it's very interesting that each of those different bitter styles, they literally start at the end of the, of the last one. So the ordinary ends at 3.8 and then the best starts at that point. So, but again, the range is very small. It's only, uh, you know, nearly uh, less than, less than 1% between each of the styles. So they're, they're pretty close. All right. We have some examples. Uh, I'm not going to give too many examples, but I get, I just listed some of the ones that you might be able to find in your area. Again, all these beers are from England that we're going to list. Now, keep in mind that you will probably only be able to find bottles of this, of these styles, which are different. They're going to be a different presentation than what you get if you actually went to England and had these on draft like they serve them with the... Uh, cellar temperatures and the beer engines out of the cask. There's going to be a different character you're going to get out of there. So what I recommend if you really want to try these beers is go to go to England and uh, try them in person and really be able to tell the difference between these different styles. But if you can't get to England and you want to try them in a bottle, if you can find them 
in your area. Uh, here, here's what you got. For the ordinary, I've got uh, two, two that you might be able to find. The Fuller's, again, I went with the brands that are the most president, pre uh, prevalent. Uh, I think I drank too much today. Most prevalent <laughs> uh, in, in the, the states that I've seen. So you have Fuller's, uh, Chiswick Bitter, or Young's Bitter. Those are two you, you might be able to find uh, in the states. Uh, if you go for the best, the best bitter, Fuller's London Pride. Now, I've had London Pride on draft over in Israel, and I've had it in bottle too. And I actually like that's a good that's a really good best bitter. They they I think they don't really call it they call it uh, I can't remember I've seen the the tap handle uh, in I I want to say they call it an ESB but it's not an ESB it's actually a, a best bitter but it seems like when I've seen it described is it's uh, maybe just called English bitter it's probably just English bitter but it's it's actually a best so that London yeah. Pride is really good. Yeah, there is a Fuller's ESB. It's a separate pair. Okay, well. okay. So maybe I've had that one too. Um, then for strong, it's uh, it's Bass Ale. I didn't realize Bass Ale was actually a a strong uh, bitter. I thought it was a pale ale, but I guess it's pretty close to the same thing, right? Strong and pale. Yeah, I think it's just a difference in nomenclature. Okay. So. All right, and then uh, the one. Example they had in the, the BJCP for the English IPA that you might be able to find is a Fuller's Bengal Lancer IPA. Uh, have you had the Bengal Lancer IPA, John? I have not. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I've had Young's Bitter. I think I've had Ch Chiswick's Bitter. I for sure have had London Pride both in bottle and in on draft. Uh, I've had Bassell many times. I mean, who hasn't had Bassell? But I haven't had the Fuller's Bengal Lancer, so that's one I need to try if I see it. Like a full. All yeah, right. Yeah, the, the London Pride and the Bassell are the only ones that I've had. Okay. Of those five. So. Hey, that's good. You've you've had you've had two. That's that's good. Okay, John. Anything else on this style? Anything that that we haven't talked about that you learned when you were doing your uh, beer judging certification? Oh, I don't think so. You don't think so? We covered pretty good. This is it's more of an overview. Also, I mean, we're not kind of get not as much getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah, it's more of the general general themes here. But yeah, okay, I think we've mostly covered what we were shooting for. Yeah, yeah. So in general, uh, if you go the English IPA, it's going to be stronger in alcohol and content. It's going to be less sessionable because it is stronger. In the uh, in the alcohol content and the flavor and the bitterness, uh, stick with the with the ordinary or best bitters for your sessionable drinking that has a, a little bit more multi character with a little bit of extra bitterness than you would have normally in a in multi beer, and that's pretty much the difference. You know the difference. I mean, you're gonna be able to drink a lot of those regular ordinary bitters uh, compared to the IPAs just because they're not gonna fatigue you and they're easy drinking. That's it. Thank you, Jason, for the awesome segment suggestion. I hope this was helpful. I know that you living there, you already knew all this stuff, I'm sure. Or maybe not. Maybe we taught you something. Uh, and if we, if you have any extra stuff to add to us, please write into us and let us know what experiences you have with these different styles. Okay, John. Uh, I said we're going to have a fairly short show, and I am sticking to it. So let's go ahead and jump right in to who we're going to 
raise a glass to this episode. So who would you like to raise a glass to? All right. I'm going to raise a glass to a new listener, uh, Mark Church, who uh, was sitting in Trek Brewing Company. And he said, what are all these crazy people doing? How do they know each other? <laughs> and it was explained to him like, oh, they are uh, here for a meetup for a podcast, Tap Crap, that uh, John, the, the owner, does. And he started listening. Oh. So uh, he, he stopped back into the brewery uh, the next week and we chatted a bit. He'd listened to a couple episodes. So, um, yeah. And then I, I think he uh, also tried the uh, Southern Tier uh, Thick Mint. He did. Off your recommendation and had commented on Untapped about it. So, uh, yeah. So cheers, Mark. Thanks for uh, listening and hope you continue to enjoy the show. Uh, you know what, John? I think that is awesome. I'm glad that you gave the background because... I, I know that he, you know, from his interactions on Untapped and and uh, you know on Facebook and such, I saw that he, that he found us uh, during that meetup. But I didn't know the background that he actually had talked to Kristen or to and to you. So um, I'm just really happy that we didn't turn away anyone from our fun interaction. Well, we, time. we don't know that. <laughs> you know, we could have a plus one and like a minus 10. We don't it's know. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to raise my glass to Mark too, because uh, we have interacted on untapped uh, and, uh, and Twitter, I think it was Twitter. I, you know what? Right now I've, I've had maybe one or two too many drinks today. I, I don't want to make a fool what? of myself. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, cheers to you, Mark. Thank you for giving us a try, for listening. Uh, there's a lot of great content. And, John, just stay, keep going to Trek. You're going to find that John is going to be brewing up some fantastic beers that uh, you are going to enjoy for a long time. So cheers to you, and thank you for, for becoming our latest listener. We appreciate that. And you know what? That's, you know what? Mark is my, is my cheers, too. And, and, of course, all of our great listeners – uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it one more cheers. Uh, you guys don't know this. Maybe I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but my air conditioning uh, went out this summer, and for the most part of the early summer, it's been pretty mild and it hasn't been too bad. So we've lived without it, but now it's you know it's been pretty much in the high 90s, 100 degree weather, and our house is stifling hot, and we had to call in to get our furnace re- and AC replaced and. Um, I want to uh, raise my glass to Travis Charters, who may be listening to this episode. He did, he does appreciate beer. He's, he walked into my office. He noticed all the beer, uh, bottles and paraphernalia, you know, paraphernalia, all this stuff. And he asked me, wow, you really like beer? I said, oh, I, I do a podcast. And he actually had me subscribe to the podcast on his phone so he could listen to the show. So Travis, thank you. I hope you enjoy the show. Cheers to you and to my new air conditioning unit and furnace that will be installed this week. Uh, we need it desperately uh, because I don't want to leave my wife, uh, you know, sweaty and miserable while I'm gone. As usual, I want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there, out there protecting our freedoms, allowing John and I to speak our mind on craft beer, speak to you guys, and allow us to drink in peace. Thank you for your service, and return home safe to your families soon. And I want to thank Hopcloth Apparel for providing or for partnering up with us and 
I encourage all of our listeners to go and visit their site at www.hopcloth.com. Check out their creative craft beer clothing line. And, of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, at checkout to get free shipping. And uh, our buddy Derek listened on day one of the show, was very happy that he had won our last Hopcloth t-shirt contest, uh, put his order in. I'm hoping that that order gets to him really quick and he enjoys his Michigan Drink Beer From Here shirt with the the Wolverine colors. I know, John, that's very hard for you to hear. Uh, I'm just choosing to black it out, okay. Okay. to be honest. Okay. All right, guys. And you can find the beers and the link to the articles that we didn't mention on the show in the show notes located at the post on openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Bring, untapped Prime WA, or most importantly, and the things that actually have updates, you can follow the, the brewery, Trek Brewing, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website trekbeer.com. Nice. All right. It is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. One hour, John. I told you, one hour. Boom. We're over by a couple minutes. No, it's one hour from the time I started recording. I'm at 106, and I started right before as well. Yeah, but we took a beer break for you. No, you kept rolling. <laughs> that was like 30 seconds. <laughs> okay.